0: Hello, hello. It's Amy Knight and I'm back. Back to give you a little listen in on a couch conversation with my friend Rodney Lee. But first, do you know about everything mushrooms? Located at 1004 Severe Avenue, Everything Mushrooms is your one-stop Knoxville shop for all your mushroom growing needs. You can grow your own shiitake log or oyster mushrooms. Delicious, delicious oyster mushrooms. And they have fresh mushrooms ready for you to take home and step up your recipe game. Dried gourmet mushrooms, oils and seasonings, and classes, classes to teach you how to use those grow kits. And why am I telling you all of this? Because they are stepping up their gift shop game. A Night Designs that's me, are now available in their gift shop. And I have been working hard designing and creating stickers, air fresheners, plant spikes, keychains, mushroom cork garlands, and more for you or someone you love who loves the nature of all things mushrooms. So check them out. Knoxville is very lucky to have this one-of-a-kind shop. If you are listening outside of K-Town, check out their site, everythingmushrooms.com. They ship. With Everything Mushrooms and a Designs, your mushroom needs are covered. Now, back to Rodney. You know, it was very fitting that I sat down to talk to Rodney, have him on my podcast, because he's a big part of my getting this podcast started. He was over at the house one night, hanging out with Brock, and and I mentioned that I was thinking about doing this, and the next time he comes over, he has information on the soundboard that I need. He had done the research for me and found this great deal on a Zoom live track L8. My little mixing board I love so much. So I took his word on it that that was something that would suit me and my needs. And he was right. I love this little thing. I should take a picture of him, put him on the Facebook page so you could see how cute he is. little mixing board. Then after I got my board and microphones and all that, he shows up at the house with a cool carrying case that he just gave me. And everything I have just fits so nicely in so I can do remote shows like when I went to Gatlinburg and hung out with Tony. But anyway, my pal Rodney, he does a lot for people here in Knoxville. When he was the manager at Barley's for so many years, he helped out a lot of musicians and was solely responsible for the Brockefellers playing the last Sunday of every month for a really long time at Barley's. That was fun. He's just a really nice guy, and very selfless and giving. And it turns out he has a crap ton of cool stories. That's for sure. Working in the old city for so many years. Without further ado, let's listen in. All right. Hello, Hello, Rodney Lee. Hi, Amy. Welcome to my living room that you've been in many times. (laughs) It's
1: lovely to be here in this fashion.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're sweet. Well, I couldn't wait to talk to you because, gosh, we've known each other for, what, like 14, 13 years? At least. 15? Yeah. And... You are the reason that I still work at Barley's. Mm. My one little shift that I I just want to keep. I say I work it just it keeps me grounded. Right. I just can't I can't quit the servant. I love it. But it was about 9 years ago. Okay. 9. I bought a camera to um do my photo booth business with and it was a lot of money and I was paying I was doing payments on it. And I needed a little extra cash and I was hanging out at Barley's one night, Brock and I, you were there, you were manager, and I was like, could I work here like two days a week to make some extra money to pay off my camera? And you were like, sure. (laughs) And I've been there, been back there ever since. And now I'm down to one day. I say I'm grandfathered in.
1: Sure. Yeah, I guess I didn't recall that it was about the camera for the photo booth. It
0: was, yeah. The,
1: it that was all like a makes sense.
0: Three thousand dollar bill that I was paying to Best Buy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, it just popped into my head, and I said to Brock, I was like, I wonder if Rodney would let me work just like minimal.
1: Yeah.
0: And you didn't even skip a beat.
1: No, two that my theory was always as long as you work two days a week, mm-hmm. like you were contributing. Yeah. But if you're one of those folks that were like. Working one day a week and then maybe gave that shift away every other weeks. Like, why? Why are you here?
0: <laughs> I do work my one day a week, but I rarely give it away. Right. The only time I give it away is well, I do say that the the reason that I'm still there is because of my golfers. Mm. I have these four guys, three guys, sometimes four, that come in every Wednesday. And they're the first table there because their tee off time is usually about twelve fifteen, and they come in to pregame and have a little lunch and they drink a lot of beer, and they just slam beer in that hour, yeah. and then um, they go golf. And I just I love them so much. Shout out to Johnny and Rick and Jabber. Those are my guys. <laughs> and on the days that it going to rain if i know ahead of time that it's going to rain i'll give that shift away nice because <laughs> i know they won't be there right but they even golf in the cold they're troopers man yeah,
1: i don't have that uh yeah no. that fortitude i don't get it yeah. i
0: love them but i don't i don't get it
1: yeah. <laughs> especially in the cold like it's an odd sport in the first place
0: know, right? and
1: then i'm not gonna go do it in the cold <laughs> to too. be so dedicated <laughs> yeah
0: oh anyway but i also know that um since you were a manager for so long at one of the coolest places in Knoxville, you've probably
1: got some stories. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of them out there. How
0: long there. were you manager at Barley's?
1: Uh, 18, 19 Whoa, years. Whoa,
0: dude. I didn't know it was that long. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a big chunk.
1: I started with Aubrey's in 2001 um, and then quickly made it into management and then I'm pretty sure it was October of 01 that he bought barleys from the Doug and Jimmy out of Asheville yeah and I guess it was my late nights or something he was just like oh you'd do great down there so he'd like <laughs> send me down there a couple of days a week and then eventually he just sent me down there and I left briefly for a couple of months over a, a little disagreement I had with one of the other managers oh yeah <laughs> and came back and worked through all that other stuff and was there ever since. And for the last decade of it, I was the general manager. Right. So,
0: yeah, that's so good. What, when you were at Aubrey's, what was your position?
1: I started out as a server. Really? Oh yeah. And then, I didn't know that. And then one day it was one Sunday morning, somebody in the kitchen didn't show up and they're like, you've worked in a kitchen before. Right. And I, (laughs) I had done pizzas at little Joe's, in Farragut for years and I was like yeah I've worked in kitchens they were like um we need someone to do saute you think you could learn it today and I was like oh sure great (laughs) yeah saute which is
0: one of the hardest that and grill those are the biggies
1: so I was like all right man whatever so I hopped back there and then the next thing I knew I was getting kitchen shifts and then I was like you know what, I guess I'll just go ask Randy about being a manager.
0: Kitchen manager or a floor manager? Floor
1: manager. Okay. I had just started bartending, but my life situation at that point made sense for me to have more of a steady salary. I was trying to do some things, and uh, I went and talked to him, and he was like, you know, we just hired somebody else, and so it's it's just not great timing, but just stick in there. And then probably the very next week, he came back, and was like, are you still, He was. Just, he's always really cryptic when he's trying to talk about something because he wants to try to gauge your natural interest instead of just being like really forward about it. Right. And so I, like he said some a few things to me and then I stewed on those for a couple of days and then the next time I saw him, I was like, hey, that last time we talked, were you asking me if I still wanted to be a manager? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, I just talked to you like 15 days ago yeah. about it. <laughs> So then, then I started training, and and there, there it is, yeah.
0: I don't think I can picture you as a server. How'd uh, that go,
1: man? It was interesting because we had to wear these long sleeve polo sty- style shirts, and then.
0: Did you have the long aprons? We
1: didn't have the long aprons yet.
0: Oh, those things
1: are annoying. But right as I went into management is when they went to the really long really aprons. Really long, yeah. And we had longer aprons, but not the dang...
0: Like Calhoun's long. Right. And then you went to like...
1: Floor length.
0: Yeah, what was
1: that? I have no idea. And then they also switched to button-up shirts, mm-hmm. which was nicer because they were a little cooler than these peaked polo fabric things that we were wearing. Mm-hmm. Um... But it was. I'm gonna go with interesting. I had served at Little Joe's also, but that was very different. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're young; it's easy to run around and like. I've never been, never had a lack of energy. You know, like if I had a task, I was able to just keep going. And so, but the Farragut clientele was not something that I was really up for.
0: Mhm. I can imagine.
1: Uh, I had never served liquor or wine until I started serving there. We served beer at Little Joe's and so that was easy, you know. And
0: probably and, just like Budweiser and oh, yeah. Miller Lite yeah. and Coors. We had
1: three drafts, three domestic drafts and then a couple of import bottles and that was it. Uh, but we are sure, also talking 97, 98. Mm-hmm. And so like craft beer hadn't hit knoxville yet really it was still a couple more years before yeah. it really started rolling in
0: and i think it's funny how like now they call them high gravity but back in the day remember they called them super beers
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
0: when they first hit barley's the the high alcohol beers i like that better than high gravity i, I do too <laughs> but you know
1: those hipsters yeah i
0: have to have the
1: twirl the mustache twirl name
0: yeah you saw that <laughs> they didn't you did all right, so tell me then about some Barley's
1: stuff. Mm. <laughs> well, when you first asked me to be on here, I had to think back to, you know, I've got tons of stories. Some of them involve just pure silliness. Mm-hmm. And then I got a couple that involve EMTs. <laughs> but then mostly what I came up with to talk about was the infamous upstairs bathrooms at Barley's.
0: The upstairs bathrooms at Barley's. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah. And... uh <clears throat> if you know you know, yeah, <laughs> it once was when the metro pulse was still a thing. it was once staff picked for the best bathrooms in town to have sex in <laughs> um, okay. i don't I don't think anyone <laughs> here knows anything I about know that nothing yet. about right. what
0: you're talking about
1: <laughs> um but one of my favorite stories, and it was a fairly recent to when I stopped working at Barley's was uh Saturday night. <laughs> And it was a re- wedding reception had booked the banquet room, but the bride and her maid of honor keep coming out to the up bar. And I happen to be up there helping out quite a bit and they just keep buying shots. And they eventually talked me into doing a shot with them. And it's like, didn't you get, didn't you just get married today? Like, shouldn't you be off with your husband Doing
0: shots with your new
1: yeah. husband? <laughs> and so it seemed a little off to me in the first place, but I was like, ah, whatever. So, you know, they keep doing their thing. And then eventually, one of the upstairs bartenders comes to find me. It's like, hey, do you have the key to the bathroom? They can't find one of the party members, and we think that she's in the bathroom. And so what it was is this was um, definitely a second marriage, and the groom's daughter had not attended the wedding, and when she showed up for the reception, you could tell that she was like early 20s and not really into this whole marriage thing
0: not as accepting of the new mom yeah
1: she's in like yoga pants and like (laughs) tank top and she's like shows up and does her thing and so apparently she had uh maybe gone a little hard with her dad with the drinking and then disappeared and then no one could find her so i with the maid of honor and the ride go to the bathroom upstairs and I unlock the door and push it open so they can go in and they find her and she's you know hanging on to the toilet uh-huh. and she is not awake oh no <laughs> so then they're like <laughs>
0: all that all oh that yeah. nasty
1: <laughs> so then they're they're like oh god can you go get the groom and I was like okay sure so I go to get the groom and it turns out that the groom is medically trained because he is the fire chief in a local nearby community Oh, and his best man is like his second in command at the fire station okay so they they know what to
0: do in this situation
1: even though they're good and and saucy yeah (laughs) they they go into like uh emt mode (laughs) yeah absolutely we're we're it's go time so they come and the bride and I don't remember if it was the bride or the the maid of honors holding the door open. The girl's laid out on the floor and they've got her now where she's like, her body's in the bathroom, but her shoulders are in the doorway and her head is in the hallway. Okay. And that's where she's laying. And the dad, he just straddles her. He's right on top of her. And the EMT buddy, who's his best man, comes and starts stabilizing her neck like she's been in a car accident or something. And so she's just
0: drunk, right? She's just
1: drunk and maybe on something. Yeah. How this story progresses, I'm pretty sure she maybe had taken something and then it wore off at some point. Uh, Or maybe she took more of something and got back to life. But so here we are, and I'm up there trying to like do traffic, you know, like, all right, everybody (laughs) stay back. Nothing to see here. Yeah, nothing nothing to see here. here. And I'm standing beside the door and he's doing chest rubs, which is where you take your knuckles and rub it on the on the breastplate. Uh-huh. And it's used to wake people up, or get them to become responsive. They usually become combative if you do this to them. So, like, if you ever need to wake somebody up and do that, just be prepared to get punched. Oh. <laughs> but he's going at it like he is just grinding his knuckles into her sternum and she's just not moving. But um. he's so into this at this point. She's now topless. He has like pulled her tank top all the way down where he's like just grinding into her chest. And this is her dad. This is her dad. He's trying to get her to be responsive. And so she like makes some grumblings finally. But then she would just like, her head would kind of doze back down a little bit. Even though dude's still holding on to it. So like he's really holding on to it now. So I'm like. Okay, oh, so I bend down and I try to pull her tank top right. up because she's tits out in the yeah. middle of the restaurant yeah. or in the middle of the floor. And so I was like, all right, well, at least, you know, can we? there's plenty up? of dignity on this floor already. Lots of people have lost it right here on yeah. this floor. Let me see if I can give you some of theirs back. So she would wake up and then become unresponsive again. So then he goes to smacking her. And the thing about taking a smack is usually your head can recoil or fall back from it. But, but not when your best holding. man is holding her head. So he's just like straight whapping her in the face. And she eventually does come back to consciousness. Uh-huh. And um, the they get her up and they start to walk her. But she's pissed off at them. She doesn't want them to touch her at all. So now, covered in vomit she's like I'll go with him and so now <laughs> you? I, I gotta walk her and her vomit self all the way back through the restaurant upstairs and all the <laughs> way back to the banquet room and I get her back there and we get her water and we get her set down and then I eventually go and I get her um, a new Barley's t-shirt so at least yeah. she can have That's you nice. know like she's got a, a shirt on that hasn't been stretched out by her dad doing knuckle oh, rubs right. on her right <laughs> Um, the night continues and she's just like normal all of a sudden. So I think maybe she had a little extra something going on, Mm -hmm. but then the bride and the maid of honor keep coming out and wanting to do shots with me. And like, it just keeps going all night long. And this is also in the early days of Uber. Uh And they were just totally relying on me for everything at this point, for whatever reason. And,
0: You became somewhat of a reception coordinator. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) And so they need, they're staying at like the cook loft Uh downtown, but they don't have any way to get there. And I'm like, well, I can't take you there. And I was like, maybe you guys should just call an Uber. And they're like, what's an Uber?
0: What's an Uber? I was like, fuck. So... You download the app for them not to see that. No,
1: I download oh, the app did. on my phone. Oh,
0: on your phone. Okay. I'm like, give me your phone.
1: <laughs> and and I get them an Uber uh-huh. and send them off to Cook Loss. Um, <clears throat> at some point, I'm just also going to say that there there was some handsiness that was occurring at, towards the end of the night. And well, at some point. From
0: the bride or the bride's just, mate?
1: Just handsiness. That's okay. all I'm going to say. Okay. And at some point. Uh, I later that night found a hundred dollar bill in my pocket. <laughs> so I had been fully compensated for all of the things that had happened, but I had never, never felt someone. While slipping. they were feeling you up, <laughs> right.
0: they were, they were slipping money <clears throat> in your pocket. That's funny. And so I, well, you earned that.
1: I definitely did. You that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, honestly, the entertainment, uh, was the entertainment value of that mm-hmm. whole situation was pretty solid. Um, (laughs) the, the final part of the story ties it all back to me is that I went on Facebook and found who they were, you know, and Uh then like, I was just trying to see if we had mutual friends. We had one mutual friend and it was the guy that was playing the next night, a a buddy of mine from Loudoun County and. um. and then I tell him this whole story and deliver the final thing with like, oh, and you're friends with them on Facebook. Oh, right. And he's like, oh, we were supposed to be here last night, but couldn't make it because one of the kids was sick or oh, something. that's funny. Like, this is perfect. Um, that's funny. It was, uh, it was definitely full circle. A few years later, I went to see my buddy playing at this little bar in Farragut. And I'm sitting there at this table and these people walk in. I'm like, man, they look awful familiar. <laughs> and I look at him, the guy playing. I look back at them, and he looks at me, and he's like, yeah, that's them. Oh, that's, <laughs> funny. that's funny. That's Yeah. You're like,
0: show me your tits. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh, what a mess.
0: Yeah, that is that is um, that's fucking cra- that's crazy.
1: <laughs> and and then the best part is it turns out that's the same bathroom. That I had to rouse Kid Rock and these two ladies out of at the end of the night.
0: When was Kid Rock at Barley's?
1: So he played Knoxville. Oh man, it, it was early early two thousands. Um, but they there was this group out of Memphis called the Music Mafia, uh-huh. and they would follow Kid Rock around and do after party shows, and then Kid Rock would come to the show. He never. I don't know that he ever got on stage with those guys, but they were just all buddies or whatever.
0: That's cool.
1: So we went through a lot of trouble. We closed down the upstairs. It was only Music Mafia and Kid Rock's folks could be upstairs, uh-huh. and then um so you know, Kid Rock's up there with Vernon.
0: Uh, oh wow, Vernon was there too. <laughs> yeah, on a
1: damn like hover round scooter with a bucket of KFC rolling <laughs> oh my through God, the upstairs. I love it. Like. I, I don't know that this stuff could be real. Like I I tried to remember if I dreamed it or not. Oh, my God. But like, I can't really...
0: believe that happened upstairs at Barley's. Yeah. That's I mean, so funny.
1: <clears throat> tons of weird stuff have happened up there for sure. But as we get to the end of the night, we've kicked everybody out except for the music mafia people and Kid Rocks people. And so the downstairs is empty, but there's a guy sitting on the bench down there. And the door guys are like, he won't leave. And I was like, why won't he go? And he's like, he says his wife is here. And I was like, there's no one in the building. He's like, he cannot find his wife. And I was like, all right. So I go and I'm like searching all the rooms and I'm like opening doors and there's no one there. And then I get to the upstairs bathroom and the door's locked. And so I have to like start pounding on the door. And then they were like, we'll be out in a minute. And I was like, listen, man, uh, there's a dude down here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I, I just gave them space. I was like, all right, well, hey, I think I found her, and she'll be she'll be down in a minute, maybe?
0: And by the way, was Kid Rock her past? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Must have been because it happened tonight, not, buddy. You <laughs> yeah. thought it wouldn't happen. <laughs> See what you did. Here? How could
0: she ever meet Kid Rock? Of course, Kid Rock can be your past. Oh no! Yeah. Bless his heart. Mm-hmm.
1: And her friend. So is oh. Kid Rock, her friend, the this wife and her friend all come rolling uh. out of the bathroom, and I don't want to know. She
0: had some splaining
1: to do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, can you imagine that? Cartridge? I'm
1: sure she blamed it all on the friend. Like, oh, home. I had to be there with yeah. Nancy. You I know, I just watched. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's sad and funny at the same time, and sad. Oh, yeah. Poor guy.
1: Yeah. Again, I'm hoping it's just her pass. Her yeah. Win, you know.
0: Yeah. I wonder if those cats are still together.
1: <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Oof. Mm.
0: That's very funny.
1: Yeah. I, again, the upstairs of Barley's—some things you'd never think you'd see. We had DMX up there one time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's a picture on the of of one of the servers there, uh, hanging out with DMX. And then, the yeah,
0: folks, who else famous has been there that you know of?
1: Uh, the the folks from American Pickers. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, at one point, Barley's had T-shirts that said "Fast." period friendly period service uh-huh. on the front and on the back it said pick one mm-hmm. and so like I thought it was pretty funny and I gave the dude from American Pickers a pick one shirt that's good that's good
0: <laughs> what were they were just in town for like some home and gardens thing probably they were, they were probably
1: just coming through the area doing some oh yeah pre-production looking for, looking or maybe stuff, even yeah. some production yeah and they just happened by Barley's and so um yeah.
0: Burley's is good for that.
1: It is. There was a, you know, we would get the, the musicians who were playing somewhere else bigger mm-hmm. would come by and hang out mm-hmm. afterwards sometimes. Um,
0: Either there or the pub. The pub has a lot of yeah. people that have done mm-hmm. that. David Byrne. Oh, man. Uh, Johnny Knoxville goes there all the time. Um, Brock hung out with um, Saturday Night Live. Has his own talk show now.
1: Uh Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Okay.
0: He hung out with Jimmy Fallon wow. at the pub one time. Yeah. <laughs> it's neat. I've never seen anybody famous at the pub. I was working the World Grotto one night and across the street at that uh it used to be Soho
1: mm-hmm. or
0: Shono. What was it? Was it Shono?
1: I think it's Shono.
0: Shono, yeah. Um and David Byrne was just sitting on the patio having dinner. Hmm. And then he left, and I was working at the grotto, and he went to the pub. <laughs> so I, and I was working, so I couldn't go.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm like, man. why not I
0: come to the grotto? <laughs> yeah. Hey, right
1: over here. Yeah, Cooler, um, yeah. Other than the American Pickers fellow, which I, Mike, I think was his name, uh, I've never really been at barley's when the famous folks rolled through Yeah, you know like i
0: always miss it
1: hootie uh hootie came by and they wouldn't let him in because he didn't have an id no but he was with one of the like higher ups in our company Uh because they were friends from south carolina
0: oh okay
1: they eventually let him in uh Darius but Darius Rucker. There yeah. you go. Because, <laughs> he
0: doesn't like it when you call him Hootie, by the way.
1: Right. Well, he also really didn't like it that the door guy was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're that dude from the Burger King commercial.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he didn't like that, apparently. I got a phone call about that one.
0: <laughs> well, was he in a Burger King?
1: Apparently, he was the king or something in well, a Burger King. Well, don't sell out, dude. Yeah. I mean, what,
0: do you, what can I tell you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so... Yeah, we had some funny door guys over the years as well.
0: That's uh, funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Give me some doorman stories.
1: Uh, you know, most of the doorman stories are pretty silly. Uh, <laughs> like, we had this one fellow that just, anytime he'd try to break up any sort of altercation, you just end up getting punched. It's like no one ever got punched at Marley's <laughs> except, except for, for this dude. You even know? the
0: people that are having the altercation, <laughs> yeah. they aren't punching each other, no. but for some reason, maybe he just had that face. Yeah,
1: he just had a punchable face. I, I could <laughs> agree with that. Yeah, I'd see that. The, the door guy stories were, I always just tried to coach them that, like, just if they're outside, they're not a problem. Like, right. remove your ego. I don't yeah. care that they called you whatever. Like, as long as they're outside, they're somebody else's problem, right. right? But we did have this one lady, and she was, she was, I don't know the right word for her, but she was fighting hard and like <laughs> swinging at people, and so finally, we finally get her down the steps and the out, front steps the, out, yeah, mm-hmm. down the front steps and out, and in that moment, the cops just happen to be walking down the sidewalk, and of course, they see like two guys taking Man this girl out the, and they're like whoa yeah. whoa whoa what's going on and so they stop us and the girl goes down to the corner a little bit and i'm trying to tell them the story and explain and they're just not listening to it. they're like they obviously have seen what they wanted to see right. and then i hear the thud and their officer buddy has like rolled her up, flipped her in the air, and like slammed her into a puddle of water. And I was like, you don't need to hear my story yeah, anymore. And I, I just yeah, went You inside. have your own story now. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Everything's uh, this fine. Is, this
0: is now your journey. Yes. <laughs> I'm going back in.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, let's tie this back together with the sternum rubs.
0: Oh, gosh. More sternum, more sternum rubs or the same sternum more rubs? More sternum rubs. Oh.
1: This is where I learned the technique. Oh, okay. Um. Right there by that front patio door, there's a booth in the what used to be the smoking section. Mm-hmm. And there was this fella, and he had passed out there. you know, And I couldn't wake him, so I had to call the cops um, and let them come and figure it out. I, at first, he was responsive, and I was telling him he had to leave. And he was like, no, I don't have to leave. And then he was unresponsive, and I just called the cops. Mm-hmm. So the cops get there, and they start doing sternum rubs with a flashlight on this dude which gets him up but he's also a one-legged man
0: does that hurt or something oh
1: yeah we'll do it later (laughs) (laughs) on brock yeah exactly (laughs) okay Um, so they get him up and he's a one-legged man with arm crutches and um they sit him on the side and I guess he had become combative at some level, so they were trying to just get him outside. They finally get him outside, and I don't know what happened. He just, like, switched and decided he was going to fight. So he's a one-legged man against three cops, right? (laughs) But he had the perfect technique, and he went to the ground and just started kicking and spinning, and they all fail. So I... Uh, that was He the started moment. doing
0: leg sweeps. He was just or, sweeping yeah, the leg. leg sweep. Yeah. Not legs, sweep leg. Yeah. Leg, leg sweep. sweep.
1: Yeah, singular. <laughs> and he took all 3 of them down and Whoa. and then of course they broke out the tasers and started right. doing all the <laughs> things like that, you know. Um but that was the day that I was decided that you can no longer say like a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest cuz that dude obviously was yes. winning.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is funny. That's So that's how you do it.
1: That is exactly, yeah. Drop and sweep. Just get to the ground and start doing helicopter spins and kicking legs. (laughs) That's really funny. I would have liked to
0: have seen that. I love cops, but to see those cops go down would have been funny. It was great. (laughs) I bet it pissed them off, too.
1: Well, it was funny. In working there, we had always been, we had a good relationship with the police department. You
0: did. You did. Cops ate free. Yeah for a long time and then there was always just the other night that's so funny that you brought that up because i hadn't thought about it in years because you've been gone for how long Mm, five
1: uh yeah go on five years five yeah
0: and when you left and when it got sold no longer did we have free food for the cops? And whose job was it to tell the cops that no longer could they eat for free? Not the manager's (laughs) or the owner. Right. It was the servers. Oh, it sucked. But I was thinking just the other day when I was walking in, or the other night when I was walking in um, to Barley's through the parking lot, I was like, you know, we never have a cop in the parking lot anymore. That was something that that you all did that Mm -hmm. was really nice.
1: Yeah, the... Barley's and the old city have tended to land at the edge of a beat. Mm -hmm. And so that people just don't patrol down there very much.
0: And you've got that creepy ass parking lot that's under the interstate.
1: And so it was just always like a, it was really just sticking it out there. Like it could have been an empty cruiser sitting in our parking lot. You know, it was one of those deals. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it also helped keep a, a good working relation with the police department. Right. And,
0: um, I think that's smart.
1: Yeah, it, it was. Um,
0: and they never took advantage of that. No. Any of the police that I, I waited on, they never, it's not like they came every day. Sometimes they, you know, they didn't even come every week. Right. And they would never take advantage of yeah, that. They
1: weren't taken to go food. No. They weren't ordering like and crazy And they were stuff. always so, yeah,
0: like thankful. Right. You know, yeah, and we still wait on a lot of cops. I like it. Yeah. And the detectives. Oh, yeah. I like to talk true crime with them. <laughs> <laughs> I have this uh, one female. She was a cop, but now she's a detective in the um, sexual crimes.
1: Is it the redheaded lady?
0: No, she has blonde hair. Her name is Tammy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know Tammy. Yeah,
0: yeah, Tammy. Well, and we grew up... She grew up in Rockford also. Yeah. And we figured that out. Well, she still comes in. I, But now she used to work with children. Yeah, yeah. Which was awful. Yeah, yeah. And now... I can remember her coming in and being like, "I don't work with children, the the children's crimes anymore." And I was like, "Oh, good, that's so awesome. I'm so glad because that really sucked." She goes, "Yeah, now I'm with sexual crimes." I'm like, "Damn it, girl! I'm so sorry." All oh, the stuff that she has to. But every once in a while, I'll be like, "Any serial rapist I need to know about?" Mm, right? <laughs> no. She's like, "Yeah." But
1: yeah, Tammy is a good one. I like she Tammy. she was there for some of these stories that I have. Oh, yeah? I can't remember if she's the one in this story, but it was definitely um, a lady cop. Uh-huh. And it's another handicap story. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, and this is way back in the day. Uh-huh. And there was this fella who was in a wheelchair. He, I had met him originally at the Aubrey's in Maryville when I was working over there for a f- few months. And he like to come to the shows at Barley's and one night he had definitely had enough and got cut off Mm -hmm. and then the lights come up and I'm sitting in the sound booth and we're just trying to get everybody out and he has become combative. And so he goes to the manager and says that he's not going to leave or I don't know what he was saying, but he backs the manager up to a pole with his wheelchair and then he starts ramming, The manager shins with his wheelchair. (laughs) So the manager, who I will just leave anonymous out there in the Mm -hmm. world, just pushes him out of the wheelchair. Yeah, right. Just like, screw you, dude. Yeah. And so... Because that's assault. Yeah. So then he just leaves him laying on the floor, and he goes and gets the phone, and he calls the cops, and the cops show up, and, you know... Put him
0: back in his wheelchair.
1: And they get him outside, and of course, you know, like, you... Maybe... Maybe I shouldn't say, but you see someone with a disability, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, oh. you
0: automatically, yeah, and so exactly. you know
1: she's siding with him for a little bit, and mm-hmm. um and then she's like, "You know what, I've had enough of you running your mouth, and so she just handcuffs him to his wheel, <laughs> <laughs> so he he's like trying to roll away, and he's got one wheel." <laughs> It's like, damn, dude. (laughs) Do you
0: think that that's, like, something they teach at the Academy or something that she just thought of at the moment?
1: I'd like to believe it's just something that she thought of in the moment. Me too. Um, Because, you know, you could just handcuff (laughs) them, too, and they still can't operate their wheels. Yeah. But, man, how great to just see him with one (laughs)
0: so good. (laughs) <laughs> and trying.
1: And trying. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah
0: that's good. That's he was good. a special fella. I'm, next time I see Tammy, I'm going to ask her if that was her. Yeah. I will. I'll let you know.
1: <laughs> and also tell Tammy I said hello. I
0: will. Yeah. I will. Yeah. She doesn't come in as often, but. And of course, maybe she does. If she doesn't come in on Wednesday, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she comes in every single Monday and Thursday. Right. You're just not there. <laughs> yeah
1: i have uh, i have missed that community some yeah that they they generated you know like cops do get a bad rap sometimes they and do sometimes they deserve it
0: there are bad ones yep. but there are way more good ones yeah
1: i think so and it was always nice knowing all those folks right but
0: yeah that that one cop that used to sit in the in the parking lot mm-hmm. with the salt and pepper hair he was really nice what, what officer was that, or did he turn out to be a bad cop?
1: No, he's a He, okay. <laughs> he was a good cop. Oh, did he pass? He did, and recently his he wasn't name was killed. Was he? No, no. Oh, okay. Uh, I think what I could figure out from the story, it was probably a heart attack. Mm-hmm. But okay. he, I can't remember where he was from, but he had come to the uh, Knoxville and started being a cop, and then he got onto motors, and so he was a motorcycle cop yeah, for a long I remember time. That. And then he got into the courts, and so he was just like the the yeah. bailiff in yeah, traffic court. Yeah, I saw court.
0: him in Judge Rawson's uh, mm-hmm. court one time, Not night court. Yep. <laughs> you know he was a night he's the night court judge. Yeah, I saw him in there. That in fact, I think that's the last time I saw him.
1: Yeah, he was a really great dude. His name was Jeff, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Dunn, and Jeff. he had in those latter years when he was working there with us. He and his wife had adopted two really underprivileged children who had some like health issues because their mom was on crack. Mm. Um, and he and his wife had already raised I think two kids and had them out of the house and just like, eh, mm. let's, let's do some adopting God
0: love to give.
1: Yeah. And so they adopted two kids and they had to have been teenagers by the time he passed away. Mm. So
0: Well, that's better than right too young and
1: yeah
0: leaving his wife with that but that's admirable yeah Yeah, he was always a nice guy yeah well r.i.p jeff dunn (laughs) yeah officer dunn yeah (laughs) anything else
1: oh man you know there's just tons of (sighs) here's another emt story (laughs) i didn't realize it was going to be all about cops and emts that's okay um, when you're
0: in the, when you're the manager of a, a bar in the old city, I can see how it might go that way. Yeah.
1: This was um, <clears throat> another Saturday night. I always closed on Saturdays mm-hmm. and so and it was a, a big show. And so we had moved all the tables and chairs up front. And so all of the chairs were stacked one on top of another, so the legs were pointing up. and that was all along that front area next to the bathrooms Mm -hmm. this fellow had decided he was going to slide down the banister
0: (laughs) and all those chairs are lined up against the wall Mm -hmm. there under the stairs
1: Mm -hmm. so from the second floor maybe the second or third step uh,
0: the second floor
1: from the second floor he goes to slide down the banister and makes it maybe two steps down before something snags or whatever and then he just goes off backwards and falls
0: that's a long way yeah that's like
1: 10 feet it's 10 12 feet for sure and then he falls face down into the upside down Ah. chairs so his body is like arranged through these tines of chairs you know and so they come and get me and i run up there and there's a guy sitting up in the front Who's like? He comes over to me. He's like, "I'm an EMT, man. We got to get this dude out of these chairs." And I was like, "You're an EMT that's been drinking,
0: right? And I don't
1: have any medical training, and I think we leave this dude what right if here."
0: He's what? Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to like not.
1: He's breathing moving. currently. I can tell that much. So let's just leave him right there
0: and call the professionals yeah. that aren't buzzed. <laughs> yeah. And
1: so the EMTs show up and they're like, "Oh shit!" So of course they. Proper procedure. They brace him. They're doing all the things, and then more
0: more chest, more sternum rubs. (laughs) Yeah, more sternum
1: rubs. (laughs) And he is—he's unconscious for sure. So, but as soon as they flip him over and get him onto the gurney, he stops breathing. So they're having to resuscitate him right there. Oh my gosh! And so I'm just thinking, like, yeah drunk EMT dude over here is trying to get me to get this guy yeah, out of the chair. Yeah, what would have
0: happened? Like, and
1: if he had stopped breathing, I, I don't know CPR. Oh my gosh.
0: Um, at
1: that time, I didn't know CPR.
0: Yeah, that actually threw me. I was like, what you, no, I think Rodney Lee knows CPR. Yeah. <laughs> so now at, you know CPR. At that moment, yeah, I did not did know not. CPR. And then I was like, you know what? I should I probably should know CPR.
1: <laughs> 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 so, you know, they take the dude to UT Hospital and I was like, oh shit, so... You know, I close out my shift and go home, and then I get up the next morning, and I'm like, I I got to go and check on, check this, on this dude at guy, UT Hospital. Yeah. You know, I know his name, and so I go, and I call and find out what floor he's on and everything. And so I go up to his room, and when I get there, it's empty. I'm like, oh, shit, uh. what's what's going on? So I go to the nurse's station. And they're like, oh, yeah, he just checked out. And I was like, oh, okay.
0: Checked out? They released him. Like, what him. do you mean? Ch- okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. I should say, they, they released him. And so I was like, oh, okay, great. That's good. So he's okay. And they're like, yeah, he had some bruising and whatever, but he's fine. No broken anything. And I was just like. Because he was
0: drunk, probably. Amazing
1: that you can fall yeah. into upside down chairs and not break anything, right?
0: From uh, quite a lot ways.
1: So okay. on my way out of the UT hospital, I was like, well, I'll go by Barley's and just check on and make sure everything's okay. And when I get to Barley's, He had already gone back to Barley's and was trying to go back in. I think he was looking for one of his... He was wearing house shoes that night. He was looking for one of his house shoes or something. And the manager on duty was like, I don't think that I can let you be here. Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: (laughs) And I was like, yeah, good call. So that dude was banned for a while. Yeah.
0: um,
1: And then eventually we... I never told him he wasn't banned, but enough years had gone by and he showed up one day and we made eye contact and he, he was like, I know I'm not supposed to be here. And hey. I was like, I know you're not supposed to be here. Oh, okay. And then it was all good, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> House shoes. Yeah. On a Saturday night. Yeah. Thanks for dressing up, dude.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, Saturday night at Barley's was county night. It's <laughs> <laughs> when everybody from the county... <laughs> Came into the big city to see what was going on downtown. That's funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's funny. So. Oh my gosh. The last episode I did was with Antoinette. Mm. I called her in St. Thomas and she was talking about a guy that had gotten up on the bar at like Senor Frogs because they want you to do that. Right. And he fell and fell into the bar. And smashed his head on the corner of a cooler and died.
1: Oh shit!
0: Yeah, he died. Yeah, Todd was there. That's working. hard.
1: That's hard to come back from, you know. Like if yeah. you're there working and you see that.
0: Yeah, he was working. It's bad. Of course, I said that is bad. But um, for the rest of your talked about years, mm-hmm. that's how you died dancing on the bar, <laughs> Senor Frog. Yeah.
1: Oh wow!
0: That's a way to go out.
1: <laughs> that is certainly a way.
0: I never want to go out like that. No, I'm no. always afraid that I'm gonna die ironically or mm. do something to kill myself by accident. You know, do some stupid mistake where mm-hmm. I die. Right. That's like a fear of mine.
1: I um, I did die. Uh, yes. I, I had a heart attack, and you they did. had they had to give me some electricity to bring me back. And as I was going out, it was like super warm and super comfortable, and like orange and green, and everything was fuzzy, and it was just like really nice. And they brought me back, and that wasn't terrible. To the to the doctor's surprise, having electricity pass through my body just felt like somebody had hit me with warm water. Yeah, he's like, "That's a weird response." And I was like, eh.
0: "That's the DMT."
1: <laughs> yeah, and so um, they're rolling me back to my hospital room and i was like listen guys that was a really good death it was warm and comfortable if my next death is shitty like cold if i drown or some <laughs> shit i'm coming back and haunting all of you because <laughs> i had a good one you know <clears throat> but that was a that was an interesting experience experience no irony there that i that i can recall oh
0: but uh- Near death experience.
1: Yeah, I'll, I do enjoy that.
0: And yeah. that's that's what you remember of it—just the warmth and why orange and green. Orange
1: and green. I don't know that. Just as like
0: UT orange.
1: <laughs> no, it was like um, <laughs> the tungsten glow of a light bulb. Oh, orange. Wow, you know, like, and the green. And the green. It, it was kind of. It was like grass, oh. like yellow and gold grass with greens in it. It was almost like a, oh. an orange sunset on like a maybe a pond or a lake wow. or something. And then it was just like slowly getting compressed by black on the tops and bottoms. And then I did, then there was nothing. And then somebody was tapping me on the chest saying, Are you okay? And I'm like, Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Why? Oh, wait. You were dead. <laughs> I, you just shocked me. I remember. Yeah. 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 Whoa, that's wild. It was an interesting. Interesting one. Well, I'm glad they shocked you, dude. Hey, thanks. That would really
0: suck if you had died. Yeah. I'd miss you.
1: Well, that's kind of you.
0: Mm, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the one kind thing Amy Knight has to say today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do episode 14 if you had died.
1: There you go. Hey, you know, 14, it's one of my numbers. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool.
1: I'm, I'm weird into numbers, um, twos and threes, mm-hmm. and then sevens, so... 7 and 2 is 14 7 and 3 is 21 so uh, 2, three, seven, 14, 21 for whatever reason have always just been numbers for me yeah there's. it's a sequence of those they just kept popping up mm-hmm. in in ways and maybe I maybe they were truly random and I turned yeah, them into
0: like whenever you're you're moving and you need boxes and all you see is boxes
1: right <laughs> yeah you buy a red car and all you see all is you, red yeah.
0: cars yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, thanks for stopping by.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. You were over last night, sitting on the front porch with Brock, and I just popped out and said, come over tomorrow. Yeah. Be on my podcast. And it worked. And just like 10 years ago, when I said, give me a job, you're like, okay.
1: Yeah. It turns out I'm agreeable.
0: (laughs) I'll remember that.
1: (laughs) Most people don't necessarily uh, carry that belief about me, but I am pretty agreeable. (laughs) Well... I love you. Love you, too. Thanks. Mm
0: -hmm. See you later. Bye. Crazy, crazy stories of the service industry. He did not disappoint. I loved that metaphor of there's plenty of dignity on this floor. Lots of people have lost it. Let me see if I can get you some of theirs. (laughs) So poetic, Rodney. I think your songwriter is showing, sir. Speaking of songwriter, you can check Rodney out around town. 2023 was his debut on the stage, playing guitar and singing, having some of Knoxville's best musicians back him. So if you ever see that Rodney's playing at Barley's or Trailhead, hell, he was at the Bijou during Christmas, stop in for a listen. And per usual, if you have a story, I know you have a story, call me, tell it to me, I want to share it. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to have a great day. Make somebody else's day great. I'll be back. Bye.